Greetings and welcome to another edition of the Fifth Column Community Podcast, the show by the people, of the people, and for the people. Today, Garrett and I talk to the incredibly accomplished, well-spoken, and lovely Yael. A few quick notes before we start. The timing of our conversation is messed up at various points in the pod, and it sounds like we're talking over each other. We're aware of this. We're very sorry. We've been using Anchor to record our podcasts, which is fine, especially since it's free. But I think we're realizing the limitations of the platform. If you're aware of any podcast recording platform that is easy for noobs, well, Garrett's a noob. I'm a little bit more knowledgeable. Anyway, that it's easy for noobs to use, please let us know. Also, if you have any questions at all about social media, whether you're a private institution or in the public sector, make sure you follow Yael. I'll put her Twitter handle in the show notes. Enjoy. Oh, great. <laughs> Thank you for Thank having you me. Thank you for joining us. <laughs> when, um, when, so like, you know, Garrett, texted me Mm -hmm. at some point after we did our episode you know and and he was in like you know various (laughs) states of as we we all are so you know i took everything with a grain of salt yeah as we all are and we all should be Mm -hmm. um you know it's part of what makes this podcast special right um so so at some point he was like yeah you know it's like good you should, you know, you should host something. And um, the first person I the, thought the, about the Jewish like, oh, cabal yeah, strikes I, again. I would love to talk to her. <laughs> and that's I who I know, just, right? That and that's exactly what to I told him. I was like, you know, we have the Jewish connection. <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, I'm like, who is she going to go to? This will tell me all I need to know. <laughs> and I just suggested another Jew for you guys too. So you know, we're oh, all geez. we're all in on this. I <laughs> hey look look I mean we yeah. do we do this control true, the space yeah. laser so people better be nice right right but also I mean Yale you have such a cool <laughs> um professional history like so you know and I'm I'm not like super you know hip to what the kids are doing these days but um but uh yeah I don't I think you're the first um you know social media communication oh. <laughs> strategist person that uh, I know yeah of, so. it's um it's definitely a you know a, a profession that doesn't seem to be going away anytime soon so that's that's good I guess oh absolutely so um how like <laughs> you know so who are you where are you um, from how did you end up doing all this? right so I, I I guess I'll just like give my my you know my, my elevator resume um so uh, I was born and raised uh, in Israel I've been in the U.S. Uh, for about 14 years so um I grew up uh, I grew up in Israel I you know served in the military did my undergrad there and then kind of came here you know in search of the the American dream like a lot of people do um and um I've been here like I said for 14 years I've lived I started off in LA um then I was in Boston for a couple years and I've been in New York uh for about eight years now and always kind of working on the kind of the nexus of government and communications I guess um and I um I got my master's in public policy Mm -hmm. and actually did 
uh, when I was there, I did an internship with the NYPD. And I didn't really know much about the NYPD. You know, obviously I watched like Law and Order and I'm like, oh, this would be really cool. Uh, plus I love New York. Right. Um, and honestly, I was uh, really interested in counterterrorism at the time, which is also what I studied as an undergrad. But I realized uh, it, it would be very difficult to get a job as a, as a foreign national because, you know, all, all the federal agencies, everything you need, security, you're not going to get the security clearance uh, if, if you're not, um, you know, a U.S. citizen. Right. So I'm like, okay, maybe, you know, law enforcement is kind of like a similar world. Um, and I, um, I got an, an internship uh, with the NYPD and kind of fell in love with, with the people, with the organization. And then uh, when I went back to school for my second year, I told them, hey, I want to write like my graduate thesis. I want to write it on how the NYPD should implement social media. Uh, this is 2011. And they're like, yeah, no, we're, we're good. Like, we don't, you know, we don't need that. Wow. Um, I'm like, no, 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 listen, <laughs> you know, I, I really want to do this. Really? Like, you know, no, 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 no skin off your back or something, you know. I don't know if that's a, a term or I just invented that, but, um, you know, just uh, let, let me mm -hmm. do my, my thesis with you guys <laughs> and good. just give me access to, uh, you know, interview people and do some research. Uh, and, and eventually did and kind of wrote um, what, what eventually became uh, sort of the blueprint for um, the social media strategy that I then uh, went to implement. So that was kind of fun. I got to study it from, you know, from like the, the ivory tower and then go in and try to uh, implement it um, from within uh -huh. uh, with all the, you know, the challenges and the differences that come with that. Um, but yeah, it was really cool. Kind of went from, you know, zero to a hundred. Um, it was very top down communication as a lot of organizations are. And luckily I had a lot of, um, uh, bosses there are people who are very open to decentralizing the communications um so my my baby while I was there was um really training uh every precinct in the city to have their own social media presence and kind of coordinating that so we gave every every precinct uh twitter account and then facebook page and developed this role of a, a communications officer in every precinct uh, and kind of gave them the opportunity for the first time to speak directly uh, to people, um, you know, kind of w in their own voice and with their own information. So, and that's still going going strong today, and um, which is really fun. Somebody actually mocked me on Twitter today, lo lovingly mocked me, I, I think, um, about how I, 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 I'm still, like, retweeting stuff from the really? MIT because I'm still, like... You know, I still love it when I see good tweets from there. Um, so <laughs> I've been out of there for about a year now uh, <laughs> and I'm doing this independently. So I'm a consultant, uh, social media, uh, digital communications consultant for public sector, government agencies, law enforcement, um, you know, and basically um, anyone who has a, a good story to tell, I'll help. That is so cool. There's a lot in what you just said that uh, that is giving me thoughts and questions. Um, if I want to make sure that, you know, Garrett doesn't feel yeah. intimidated by these wow. strong Jewish women. 
and if he feels comfortable to butt in. Well, you know, question. you know, men, they're always, they're always interrupting us man, women. So I'm just going to wander my way in at a later date. Don't worry about yeah. me right now. I'm just... <laughs> It's funny because people always talk about no, how no, no, in the please. workplace, like men are always interrupting women. And I'm like, you know, I, I've never felt that. But then I'm like, oh, maybe because I'm the person who's always interrupting everyone. <laughs> but I, I think that's just the Jewish thing, though. I can't help it if I have like something it, more it important might to say. Be. You know? um, and also look like mm. I'm, uh, yeah. you know, I'm in early childhood education, and which is a like heavily female dominated field. <laughs> like there, you know, no man has ever interrupted me, right? Yeah. Of like the no man you know, over the, the age two of men four. in a room of twenty, like uh, so. Mm-hmm. Um. So here's a question for you. You uh, mm-hmm. you talked about how you get excited when you see a good tweet uh, and you so retweet it. I, I guess What's there, a good tweet? You know, there's a few ways to look at that, but. Um, on the, on the less like sexy side, uh, it needs to be something informative, something that people actually want to hear mm-hmm. about. So, you know, some of my favorite tweets that I would talk about in training a lot, and I still do, is when, uh, for example, like a police account, but it can be any government account, addresses something that the community is really concerned about. So it could be like a blocked road or, you know, something that you mm. hear everybody complaining about or talking about. And it might not be the most interesting or exciting thing, but you know that there are a lot of people in the community who want to hear about that. And I have um, an example that I always give that, um, you know, there was a, a week, I think, in a, one of the precincts in, in East Harlem where they had, uh, in one week, they had like a triple shooting in a playground and they had a bunny that was stolen from the ASPCA. And guess which one their community was like up in okay. arms about? The bunny. The bunny, right? So if you ever want to feel like an asshole, like call <laughs> a commander and be like, hey, you know, I know you just took a shooting, but really, really need to uh, talk about this bunny. Uh, <laughs> but luckily, you know, he, he is actually a, a really a great oh guy. And it's not about changing the police priorities because you know it's not like taking the detectives off the homicide or the shooting and putting them on the the bunny or the bike lane or whatever people are concerned about but it's about communicating through these things sure Uh, so those would make would make good tweets and then I think anything that you know gotcha humanizes local government and and government in general and doesn't have to be necessarily cute or funny it could just be you know, talking like a human, um, using um, just like a, a, a human right. tone. Like one of the, one of my favorite uh, social media accounts is the is a TSA because they just do like a phenomenal job at, well, first of all, they're ah. really funny, but also, you know, it just like they showcase their agents and they they showcase like just all the weird shit that they confiscate. Um and it's also educational. Yeah, I remember seeing some of those. There's always, uh, yeah, <laughs> there's always like a sex toy that is unusual. Yeah, it's usually like all or, kinds, you of know, like, stuff like that that know, comes knives up. hidden in like bottle openers or, but but you know, it's it's they've created like a little niche for themselves and they do it in a way huh. that's informative, um, and you know, also kind of makes them. Uh, 
more accessible. And you can also contact, you can tweet at them and, and be like, hey, can I bring this on? Can I bring that on? And they'll answer. You talk about accessible. Gotcha. Um, mm -hmm. How forward, um, how forward thinking do you think they do? Because you know how, you know, in a lot of media that, you know, there's an integration of certain talking points um, mm -hmm. for from groups that aren't particularly fond of the police. Um, mm -hmm. You know, what do you do in a, in a landscape where there's a lot of people taking on that kind of like, not just a stance, because you, you can't even tell if it's a stance. It's just a vocabulary because mm -hmm. it's effective. Like, um, what do you mean? What's, uh, well, give me an example. Um, boy, a single example. But, um, when I talk about it, like kind of the evolving um, way that, you know, woke progressives talk mm -hmm. in regard to, you know, empowerment and, you know, this is an equity driven thing. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I'm seeing like, it doesn't seem like that's something that's been worked into like the dispatches that like you retweet a lot. I'm just kind of getting kind of a smack. Yeah. And, it, and that's not like a criticism or a compliment. That's just kind of an observation. Um, mm -hmm. is, it, is that, is that like purposeful because you don't particularly want to adopt that because it's, it is kind of ambiguous. Um, cause it, I feel like that could be used as ammo as like, you know, police aren't adopting our language in their dispatches. Yeah. Cause social uh, media is powerful in that way. You know, you know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And it's tough because, you know, there's also, you know, there's a culture of every institution, right? Mm -hmm. So there are a lot of agencies, like if you take, um, New York city agencies, right. Which I also, you know, work with city agencies that aren't police. So a lot of them, you know, depending on who the staff is, and I'm just listening on audible mm -hmm. to the, the new class war and, you know, the, the managerial class, so to speak. Um, you know, a lot of them are a lot more in tune with that type of language. Uh, whereas policing uh, is not. And, and they've been cases where, you know, uh, people will stumble or they'll tweet something uh, offensive or, you know, some, something that can be taken, taken the wrong way on Twitter because, you know, if, if you... If you talk, if you say it like in a police precinct, that's not a big deal. And I'm not talking about things that are ambiguous. I'm talking about, you know, just, mm -hmm. I don't know, general language. Like if, if, if somebody's wanted, you know, they will say the sex and the race and the age. Right. So, so, but you don't want to tweet, you don't want to tweet like tweet wanted male right. black 38 um, because it just doesn't sound right on Twitter. Um, so, so yeah, there is right. that kind of, um, you know, I don't want to say language barrier sometimes. Um, but, you know, it, it also depends on the platform and Twitter. I, I have a love hate relationship with Twitter. I mean, it's been just an incredible and wonderful tool in my life, but I've also seen the ugly sides of it. Um, and, and it's tough to navigate. And there are a lot of things that, you know, a, a lot of things that uh, government agencies can't do because, you know, they'll get mocked or they'll get, you know, people will think they're being insincere. Yeah. Um, that being said, right. sometimes if they just show like, you know, a glimpse of a human side because it's so unexpected, 
people people love that too so it's it's very weird i would say everything's heightened there yeah yeah and you do see like you'll see that like that that account that gets highlighted because they're just so gosh darn earnest about everything Mm -hmm. yeah yeah uh that's always yeah and that's hard to there you know yeah and it's lightning in a bottle a bit because it's very hard to teach and i just wrote a uh, i just wrote a blog post because there is a cop in new york um that got in trouble for um his personal tiktok account that just showed him like dancing very but it was very unprofessional like he was standing on a counter and and the union said and they're not wrong. They said, you know, how come this cop is getting in trouble when the NYPD itself, and I've done it as well, has actually put out videos of cops dancing or cops doing fun things. Yeah. And the answer is there's a difference. Mm. It's it's kind of like, you know, the definition of pornography, right? Like you can't explain it, but you know it when you see it. You know what's respectful, what kind of dancing is respectful, right. what kind of dancing yeah. is not respectful to the uniform. Okay, so so if I understood you correctly, like Twitter would not be the place to engage well, I don't with think social uh, media defund the police rhetoric, right? It's the place to engage. Uh, yeah. That's what I was gonna ask. Like, yeah, do you think any like is it should the police ever mm-hmm. engage with that type of rhetoric as an institution um and so what would you need to what would you say the best they they need to put out the facts and they need to put out um you know the relevant facts i don't think they're they need to be in the business of advocacy necessarily but for example if you look at at portland or seattle Mm. they're doing for the most part wonderful um work on their twitter accounts the pds because they're just every night going, you know, tweeting and saying, here's where the protests are. This road is closed. Here's how many people we arrested. Here's what we arrested them for. Here are the warnings, you know, or they'll tweet before. They'll say, you know, they're, they're now being warned that if they, you know, don't disperse from the sidewalk. So it's not necessarily going out and saying like, you know, look, you know, here are the politics of this. Uh, but more about providing people with with the facts to make the judgments for themselves. And I always remind, you know, cops and, and everyone I train really, like your job is not necessarily to be liked on Twitter or on social media. So if you, and one of my mm. favorite examples was, you know, one time um, there's a cop who had cancer and he was going through chemo. So all the cops... Um, shave their head uh, in solidarity. Yeah, and they posted it um, on Twitter. I think I saw that, yeah. And then the first comment is like, fuck you, NYPD. So, you know, so does that mean we shouldn't post this stuff? Hell no. It just means we need to take in, you know, just just understand that, you know, that's going to be a part of it. Uh, But I think for a lot of government agencies, they're just like, you know what, I'm... I'm not going to deal with this at all. And that's kind of the, the, the most important part of my training is telling them, you know what, like it really sucks out there, but it sucks more not to be telling your story. Interesting. I, yeah, I love, I love the, the, the way you explain these things. Um, 
largely for my benefit too because i'm kind <laughs> of uh kind of a an old i think we're the same age so to, you know social media <laughs> um yeah no you know, i was old. on yeah i'm 38 I'm young one yeah <laughs> garrett's like what's twitter he's like googling he's like what are they talking about <laughs> okay <laughs> so okay so I, another thing that i'm hearing you say is uh is that the rules of engagement and the rules of communication are very oh, yeah. different yeah. um on social media than they are in real life um Right. Because like like the, you know, like the fuck you NYPD, even from, you know, somebody who, you know, has issues with the police. Like if you saw the cops shaving their head, you know, in support of their colleague who's going through chemo, like only a, a sociopath. Yeah, or I mean, a lot of people that do that face, <laughs> but on Twitter, everyone in real life, does, unfortunately. right? Um, um, or yeah, it's much easier. Yeah, it's not, you know, and, and if we, <laughs> right. we go into like, fair enough, you know, more the philosophy of social media, um, you know, when I joined Twitter in 2008, I think, and, you know, kind of like an early adopter, there really was that sense of, um, and actually, um, I think it's interesting because you and I are of the same generation where where the in the few years that we grew up both with and uh -huh. without the internet um so uh, you know we we have you know i definitely have yes. these early memories yep. of you know like chat rooms and and getting on facebook and all these things so it really there really was kind of a sense yep. of you know oh my god we're connecting yep. we're going to change the world uh and, and everybody's going to have a voice and i think very quickly it was understood even in my early like AOL days or IOL, as we called it in Israel, um, <laughs> you know, no, it was a true story. Uh, very quickly, <laughs> um, you know, you saw the dark sides of it. Uh, yeah. And, you know, a lot of that, what we see today from, you know, you know, whether uh. you're talking about like child pornography or just blue check marks going at each other's throats. Um, so I think you need to come at it from understanding of this, like this is not a public mm -hmm. square, but it's the closest thing we have to it right now. So we have to work, work within it. Right. So can you, like, do you have a, like a, a concise list of rules of engagement um, for social media? Um, <laughs> me, said, I know that's a big question. Um, I mean, Okay. Okay. Let me uh, let me ask it differently. Like, what's what's different in the way we engage on social uh, media well, I can from tell the way you we my, engage you know, uh, face to face? I can kind of walk you through my my trainings that I give. Um, and, and and recently, I've been giving a lot of a lot of um, uh, you know, putting a lot of emphasis on kind of the exposition of like, what is social media? What is it not? Uh, where okay. are we with, you know, okay. uh, the politics and the laws and the regulations? Um, because I think first and foremost, it's important to understand the landscape. Uh, and and Twitter is not Facebook and Facebook is not Instagram. Sure. Um, and then also, I, I talk in my trainings about right. um, the story of Amy Cooper from, uh, I don't know, you guys remember the story of the woman in Central Park who called the police. Uh, on the black man 
Yeah. And the reason I bring up, no, I yeah, want to remind people, like, you don't need yeah. to even be on social media in order for your life to be like influenced by it. Um, so I, I go through the landscape and then right. I talk about best practices and best practices for content for the most part. So being, um, okay. being, um, you know, uh, uh, inf- giving the right information, uh, humanizing your organization, uh, sharing, you know, behind the scenes things, because I think that's very interesting for government agencies, um, responding and engaging, that's usually a big part of it. And, and I talk a lot about the importance, not just the responding to people, but also like, you know, like the bunny example I gave, like being, having your ear to the ground and knowing what people care about, because a lot of times very different than what you care about. And right. I, I would always say in my trainings, and I was always afraid I would get in trouble for it, but in right. NYPD, um, you know, there's CompStat. That's like the biggest, uh, you know, thing that kind of drives the organization, which is the weekly meeting where they go through all over all the, the crime stats uh, of the city. And, you know, shootings are up, shootings are down, homicides, rapes. Uh, it's really been credited with um, driving down crime. And that's a whole, you know, different conversation and, you know, that's contested, but it's been a very powerful tool. But what I, what I try to tell people is nobody outside of one police plaza cares about your ComStat numbers. So people who are walking in East Harlem, they're not saying to themselves, they're not waking up Thursday mornings when they release the numbers and being like, oh, you know, um, grand larcenies are down 13% from last week. So I feel a lot safer. Um, they're, 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 you know, basing their opinion on what they see and a lot of what they see is on social media. So if they see like in my neighborhood, uh, I live on the Upper West Side and there's a lot of social media posts about homelessness. If they see a lot of those social media posts, they're going to be fixated on that. And, you know, they're going to base their opinion on policing on right on what, what they see, what they experience. That's true of all of us, not on the, the hard data, right? So are these are these uh, accounts, are these being run by uh, mm-hmm. police in those departments, in those precincts? Or are they, mm-hmm. they're not, it's not something that they, you know, hire out to a PR department? No, no, no. And I was very adamant about that. And I think it, it needs to be somebody who understands the community, who, under, you know, you can tell when it's a PR department doing something versus somebody from within. Uh, so it's a police officer. It's an additional duty. So they'll take, um, we've actually created a new role, a digital communication officer. Gotcha. And every commanding officer can assign uh, one of his officers to be a digital communication officer. And then they would go through training uh, through my unit and then, you know, good to go and then is that a career that they would you know kind of carry with them for the you know for their tenure in the in the nypd Uh, that's a good question i you know i'm sorry like a career or would that be like a tour you know like they do three years Um, and then they you know they go do something else you know kind of like so their regular assignment would be whatever their primary assignment Mm -hmm. is right so if you're a crime prevention officer or if you're uh you know, a supervisor, that would be your regular assignment. This would be more of a skill, let's say. Uh, I I do know people who have 
transferred to other units or got promoted and went to a different unit and ended up also doing the social media there because they've already been trained and they, they're good at it and they enjoy it. And I also know a lot of, um, a lot of uh, commanding officers are pretty people in, in kind of higher ranks who went through the training and are like, you know what, I'm going to do this myself because I don't trust anyone to speak on my behalf. And I think one of my most rewarding mm. moments, uh, <laughs> and you know, there've been a few, but um, there was, I, do you guys remember like a few years ago, there was like a, a bomb sent to Robert De Niro's house in Manhattan. And um, so it was like six in the morning and like, you know, yeah. we're all down there and, you know, everything had ended. And then I, I looked, you know, I saw like the commanding officer of that area and he looked at me and he's like, okay, I got to go like bang out this tweet now. <laughs> and I was like, yes, <laughs> we did it. <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's important because the, the story is being told already. Right. <laughs> so, uh, you know, we got to get our, just get, give people the information. Would you worry about- Right. Sorry. I was going to say, do you worry if, if they start creating specialized communication so roles within Go ahead, the ranks of the PD, if that doesn't, you know, start creating like, you know, an information officer type role that, you know, they can massage kind of narratives from a central location. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would wonder, you know, what the same concerns that you would might have maybe about a PR company running communication as you would about, you know, a specialized class of information officers because that's i mean in a, in essence that's what they are um you know uh i mean you i would um, think, yeah uh, i think the, the kind of the idea of it is it staying amateur you know have people rotating mm-hmm. i would think that maybe would be a better way to go about it so that you don't have kind of like it's not as easy to kind of maintain something that isn't quite on the up and up if you've got a good rotation, but you know. Yeah, and there is a, a centralized public information mm-hmm. office um, that I was a part of. And actually, I, I didn't start there. I was only, uh, you know, I only um, got there at the end of my, my tenure there. Uh, but there is a, a, you know, a PIO, a public information officer, even though we don't really use that term in New York, um, office, right? Um, and it's very different uh, in, in the precincts because even though they're, they're given direction by the public information office, they're still, um, you know, it's not like so much copy pasting yeah. centralized it's right messages. Good. Yeah. It's, a, it's a good structure right now that's decentralized. To that yeah, I, I think so. I mean, obviously it has, it's, you know, yeah. there, there are a lot of things that, um could be done better uh it is after all a um you know a government institution yeah. uh so <laughs> you know i had a i had a, a boss that uh, my first <laughs> boss there joked that i um i helped bring the nypd into the 90s uh so <laughs> yeah so it is what it wow. is but i think at the end of the day it really relies yeah. on, on the human element so you have people who are phenomenal at it and are on twitter or you know and i'm obviously talking about social media but this applies to all of policing uh, but they're on it 24 7 and committed to it and go well and beyond 
what's expected of them. And then you have people who kind of clock in. But yeah, like I said, I could talk about this stuff all day. Right. I think you're like one of the uh, most interesting people that I've heard speak on, you know, any topic in a long time. (laughs) No, really. Uh, I I, I love this stuff, you know, and and I kind of like developed a a bit of a niche. There's not a lot of people who do that. And and it's nice because I was just on the phone last night and honestly like today and like just over the last few days, I've been talking to like public information people in Oklahoma and San Francisco and Kansas City with the Super Bowl like it's a very small community uh-huh. of people who are just trying hard to right. kind of navigate between law enforcement and uh, you know public information public opinion while also actively trying not to like lose their fucking mind <laughs> which, is, which is a, a tall order I'm sure yeah. Um. So, here's what I'm wondering how uh, oh, how okay. did you end um, up uh, so part it's, of the, it's funny um, as part of Fifthdom? I I just I discovered it over the summer I think through a friend uh, from the police department actually, and we were um I was telling him about blocked and reported which cool. I really love and I hope uh, you guys listen to. Uh. And, um, and then he told me, you know, listen to this one. And I'm yeah. like, oh my God, it's so long. And all these, these guys are talking over each other. And I don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Um, so it took me, I think, you know, it wasn't love at first sight, but um, I love it first here. Uh, but, you know, once I got into it, I really, um, you know, it, 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 feel, it feels like home. It feels a bit like early days of the internet. Um, when there's kind of a, a, a community around it. Um, and I've uh-huh. always been, um, yep. so coming from Israel, you know, I'm, I'm a, probably would consider myself center left in Israel. Um, never, never, never voted right of, of center. Um, and right. uh, coming, coming to the U.S., um, you know, right. I thought that would be kind of a smooth transition, but all of a sudden I found myself, you know, just with some, some of my opinions as, as an Israeli about, you know, national security and, you know, uh, uh, military service and terrorism, uh, all of a sudden, you know, found myself mm-hmm. kind of shunned by those who are supposed to be my people, uh, quote unquote. Uh, but then also I'm not, you know, I, I can't really call myself a Republican yeah. or a conservative. Yeah. So that, that, that political homelessness thing is something that has kind of followed me throughout right. uh, my entire time because, I, again, like I lived in L.A. and I lived in Boston and I was always in very, like, liberal um, organizations as an outsider. Um, and then the NYPD, you know, m- maybe mm-hmm. for the most part, you know, the average officer will lean a little right to me. Uh, but but honestly, I never felt like, I don't know, I never <laughs> felt anybody looked at me like I was from outer space because, you know, I have a different opinion. Um, so, yeah, so, you know, I, I always found myself right. kind of politically homeless. And, um, you know, I, um, I haven't really found uh, a community uh, of people who can speak to that and can give me information that I want to listen to because I'm turned off by, Mm. you know, half of what I read or listen to because 
I don't believe the person is coming from a, a from a place that I can relate to. But um, with, you know, fifth column and a lot of other, um, you know, a lot, a lot of those kind of similar type of uh, yep. uh, podcasts and journalists, I'm like, you know what, these, like, I could open my, my mind to these guys, even when I disagree with them, because I know they're coming from, from a similar place. Yeah, no, I, uh, I can relate to that really well. Mm-hmm. Um, so as a, as an immigrant myself, one of the things that um, was really striking to me yeah. at the beginning and continues yeah. to be striking is, is the two party system, right? Like, you know, the, in the rest of Europe, sure, you know, there's a spectrum, there's yeah. a right to left spectrum, but there's like lots of iterations along the mm-hmm. spectrum. Whereas in the US, it's, you know, it's one of two things. Um, and, you know, uh, if, if I think, for anyone who is willing to engage in a little bit of critical thinking, those two things are actually pretty similar. So, you know, so I always, uh, (laughs) I always come back to the the Bastia quote. Well, all they need to do is make you not want to vote for the other guy, right? uh, Um, So yeah, the the politics of negation thing. And I've like, Camille has turned me on to Martin Guri. Yeah, I know, um, right? And... I I know I yeah. I think I, and I, I talk about it texted all the you time. about the book that uh, like honestly Revolt like of side note like I kind of feel like a bit like I'm in a cult when I hear myself talking to it's my friends really because I'm like I'm like I'm listening to this podcast and there's these group of guys and they're really cool <laughs> but it's not weird because we kind of like talk on Twitter but then we also talk on <laughs> Zoom and we read the same books uh, you know so <laughs> it's yeah, like it's cool. Yeah, yeah. And then I've become oh, friends yeah. with other people. I don't really know them. So anyway, it just, it, it, it sounds a bit like, you know, crazy town, but that, that's how I talk about Martin Guru. And I've actually, I, I've, I've sent it to, I, I told some of my police friends over Christmas, um, you know, if you would like um, me to send you a book for Christmas, uh, which I already lost like half of them. Um, I will, I will send it to you. Give me your address. <laughs> I'm going to buy it. So you right, have right. to feel a, a little bit of guilt, like be guilted into, into reading it um, before you give me your address. So a few people took me <laughs> up on it and I've, I've converted, uh, I've converted a few. And uh, call, <laughs> one of them calls him, one of my Sweet. friends calls him uncle Marty. He's like, how, how did uncle Marty know? So that's how we talk about Marguerite, but but you know to, oh, to get to the original gosh. point of, of you know its insights is you know the the politics of negation and and just all you have to do is is make uh-huh. me not want to vote republican or not want to vote democrat right like how many people are really excited about maybe barack obama some people were excited about him um you know probably for for some of the wrong reasons but you know you don't get a lot of people voting uh-huh. out of like a true belief in values and and systems but more like oh shit like i don't want this country to turn into what what they want yeah well and and as someone as someone who evaluates kind of trends and and kind of has has as an yeah. insight as, yeah. into how things yeah no. you know are perceived on social media like kind of the central thing mm-hmm. that the you know the fifth column talks about the kind of the big n-word nuance 
that is constantly joked about and, mm-hmm. and <laughs> much memeified by this point. Um, but like, mm-hmm. is that something that you see as consumable and like it really should be much more, you know, widely available and bigger than it is even right now? You know, I, yeah. I don't know. I don't particularly have a strong but, but, grasp on how big the community is, but, you know, two, you know, mm-hmm. two out of three weeks, you got guests on Bill Maher, you know, it's not a little thing. Yeah, um, I know. And yeah. how great were they, right? I was like, I was like, I was so proud. I'm it, like, this yeah. I know it sounds weird, but I'm yeah. like proud. Um, it, it's pretty but, good. You know, I think that's a good question. I think that, that there are two different things here. I think nuance i i don't necessarily know that there is a huge market for nuance just because most people aren't you know interested enough Mm. in in, and which is fine like i wasn't interested in politics until about a year ago uh most people aren't interested enough to kind of dig deep and 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 develop strong opinions and and they just go with with whatever they're they're feeling or they're you know whatever their morals kind of lead them towards. Um, but I do think there is room for, for centrism, or I don't even know what to call it, but the, the opposite of wokeness, right? So there is room for people who think, saying things like, um, mm. you know, cultural appropriation isn't a bad thing. I, I, I don't know. I, my personal opinion is the majority of people believe those things except why bother to speak up about it so if you're in a classroom or if in a you're in a you know a meeting or at a work thing and you know people tell you to you know put your pronouns on your bio or whatever if you feel that's kind of silly because you know you, you don't feel like the need to identify yourself that way I feel like majority of people right. will just go along with it and not speak up. So, so I think there is a huge audience for that type of kind of, I don't know, maybe to maybe John McWhorter, someone can come up with a word for it. I don't want to say normal cause I don't want to offend anyone, but um, you know, I think there's, right. there's a huge, uh, huge, huge market for that. You know, uh, yeah. I mean, like, look, I, uh, like I we say, from your lips to God's ears. Who, I hope so. Um, um, I, I mean, well, first of all, I'm sure we all know people who, who think similarly to us. But, um, but you know, with social media, also, I, sure, I yeah, say, like it's not real life, and it's important to remember. So, if you post something, and I'm trying to think of it, because I had an example last week of some the client or somebody that I was working with. Um, if you post something and, you know, you get, uh, uh, oh, so, so I had a client recently, not in government actually, but in a kind of crisis management situation and a private sector client that was going through a very, um, uh, you know, kind of upsetting uh, PR crisis and they would post something and they would get hundreds of negative comments and it's very overwhelming and it's, you know, it, it's not a good, comfortable place to be in. But I, I constantly had to remind them, like, look, you got a hundred people telling you that you're a piece of shit, but you have a hundred thousand views. Or, you know, so it doesn't mean that the rest of the people like you, but it does mean that you need to mm. take that with a grain of salt because it's not reflective of necessarily 
society. And I think that's where we find ourselves in this like weird situation now with wokeness and, you know, the New York Times and all that stuff, which I know nothing about personally, but, but I do know about social media and I do know that people and important decisions right. will make terrible decisions based on what they perceive to be uh, public opinion. But in reality, it's just, you know, a lot of angry people on what, social media. What would you say your stance is, though, on, like, you know, blatant, like, I guess we, I would call it courage. Huh. <laughs> I would call it courage, you know, <laughs> to stand athwart in particular situations mm-hmm. where it's warranted. There have been, mm-hmm. um, you know, I can't think off the top of my head, but, you know, I'm sure we can all kind of recall something where it's like, man, I wish that person had kind of stuck up for themselves a little bit more. Um, like, yeah, yeah. At what point? Yeah. At what point are we going to see a title um, shift of people really saying, "I don't right, give a right. fuck what my online reputation is"? After this, like, I have to be, you know, stand up for myself or for this minority. Opinion. Yeah, I mean, look, it yeah. depends what's at stake, right? It it depends what's at stake. If you're about to be fired, that you know that's at stake. But if your colleague or somebody that you like mm-hmm. and respect is about to be fired, I think that really shows your character and, you know, kind of see where, where you stand on issues and, and look, like I'm not, Mm. I'm I'm a very, and and I'll, I'll be the first to admit it. Like, what did I say when you guys reached out to me? I was like, Oh my God, I need to think about this. Like, I don't know. Uh, You know, I'm the first to say, uh, you know, it's terrifying (laughs) to, to speak out and, and it's, it's terrifying to put yourself out there and it's never pleasant. And I'm sure even the people who seem to love it, um, you know, have a hard time with it. So I think the incentive isn't there for most people. And, and that's fine. I don't judge anyone for not speaking out. But as, as I, I told um, Nancy Rommelman the other mm. day, I think okay. for, for me, sometimes it's not about courage. It's about kind of not knowing when to shut up. So, uh, you know, and I think she, you know, she, she says the same. Uh, so sometimes it's kind of, you know, stronger than you. And I don't know, maybe it's a cultural thing too. Like Israelis are not really known for, you know, their, um, (laughs) yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's true. Knowing when to shut up. It's funny because I consider myself (laughs) like a very like mellow and like assimilated Israeli, but, um, Oh my gosh. I mean, you know, compared to my husband's, you <laughs> know, young you cousins, like you're show, not um, even 10. Remember the show Unorthodox like, <laughs> on Netflix? And there was a character there named Yael. So, um, and she was like, yes. like totally uh-huh. Israeli. She was like totally out there. And she was like, she okay. was telling this woman, like, you're not good at, you know, you're not a good singer or whatever. She's, yes, and I it's remember. Funny my yeah. cops from, from work texted me and they're like, oh, we, you know, we saw the show and there was this crazy Yael and it was you. And I was like, I was like, see how bad it could have been for you? Like, see how normal I am compared to regular Israeli? <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, but yeah, I guess, you know, that's, that's still a little bit of that in there. We got to wrap yeah. up. It's another 45 minutes left. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> um, okay. So uh, I have one final question. Uh, I'm, I want to oh, know if yeah. Garrett gotta make my way any up uh, anything yeah, else that you want to ask you making space <laughs> for demand oh, God, that glass ceiling if it weren't there 
we're gonna come on, lean in, lean in, Garrett. Um, oh man! No, I'll let you go first. If I can think of something, and we've got, and you know, <laughs> oh. I'll, I'll squeeze it in there. But uh, no, it's been great so far. It's been enlightening, really. Okay. Um. No, it's been awesome. Yeah. Um. Mm-hmm. It, so yes. so for like for example for our podcast project Um, do you have like Uh, a couple of tips for how uh, we can you know not suck on social media because (laughs) you have uh i'm not saying we're sucking now you know but there's always tomorrow you're good uh yeah i think um i I think you know yes that's true because you have such a you we Mm -hmm. have such a strong community right so you know i listen to the episodes i'm sure i hope others do okay um and i think you know i I think just creating creating content as much as you can and doing it and this is going to sound so cliche but i've kind of come full circle around this um that i really think that things that you do for for the passion okay for you know love of doing it uh like you you know you put your your kid you know you you have to like take time away from your family and do this recording this podcast it's probably not because of you have like some grand scheme of like a five-year plan for this. It's because you really want to want to do it. And I think, you know, that's, that's the best place to start. And I think right. I, I'd like to think that's where the boys yep. started too. Like, I, I don't think they all sat together five years ago and were like, how are we going to make it like big on discord? Yeah. You know, uh, <laughs> you know no, so. it's kind of funny because, um, um, I think right, 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 you, right. you exp- I think you expressed a little bit of cynicism towards like social media as a public square and its utility in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, it's funny because I would disagree with that in the hopes that this is something that this podcast can really be like like I would really hope it would be uh, as as I thought of it when I was thinking of it, it was like fully crowdsourced um, and truly a public square mm-hmm. for as many different people like kind of yeah. um, you know, keeping pros uh-huh. off of it so that people aren't mm-hmm. i said it's a it's a it's not a public yeah well yeah yeah you did say that true it. true true right um but like <laughs> so, um but no i yeah. get it like it, it 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 could be a lot better and it'd be fun if we could get this thing going <laughs> like i said in a direction where people feel like they can come up and have you know um a nice soapbox moment um you know, and and get enough of a following yeah. so that it feels like a good thing that they did, and and more than just like a good thing that they did, but you mm-hmm. know, that's an impactful thing that people will hear, and you have a good idea, and you know, that can lead people to maybe being bold, you know, kind of like I talked about courage and other aspects of yeah. social media because it it is so toxic out there, and it's like I I, I give me two seconds to explain myself, and that's all I need. You you would think that that would do mm-hmm. it, but it never does. So. Uh, no, and you get burned, and the more you get right. burned, the more exactly, toxic yeah. you become. I think, and that's hard to manage. A lot of people, um, so it's not defensive. like, yeah, it's not like, yeah, it's not like when you get burned, you're like, oh, okay, well, I got burned. Mm-hmm. Now I know how to engage. I think for a lot of people, um, it, and I've seen people that I like and respect very much, including people that are very close to me, who have gone down these like just like anger 
squirreling rabbit holes uh, of, of going back yeah. and forth with people. Um, and, and, and I, I don't even know what's mm. worse, like biting your tongue or not, mm. or, or just like letting it all out. Right. Um, so it is very toxic and I don't, I, I would never tell somebody like to discount that. I would never be like, yeah, but like, you know, be yourself and go at it anyway and speak your truth because you, you do yeah. have to understand that the dangers, um, and you know, and, and what could happen, but I think every once in a while you do right. wonderful things happen. Like I follow all the astronauts and sometimes I'll tweet at them and they'll tweet back to me <laughs> and I'll like die, you know, or I follow this, this wonderful Aww. like account. There's two <laughs> wonderful accounts. One is Manhattan bird alert, which every time I see a bird in central park and I'm like, what's this bird? It has like an orange thing and I'll tweet at them and they'll immediately answer. And then, Another another account I love is uh, the grammar table where she'll oh just my like gosh. answer all your grammar questions. And then not to mention, you know, just you guys and meeting. I think that's all social media based for me. Like Nancy Robelman, I've had drinks with her. It's cool. Like it's so much fun. Yeah. It's Twitter. So yeah, they're, they're beautiful, beautiful things to be, to be done. So cool. And I got, I mean, oh, I haven't even told this story. So I got yeah. like on a flight from like the Dominican Republic to Haiti after the earthquake because of Twitter. Um, when there were like no flights um, and, you know, I went on Twitter and it was like, wow, uh, this whole thing. And then like Jack Dorsey retweeted me. And then all like two hours later, somebody I got in touch with a uh, somebody in the DR who was like, you, you know, you can get on this flight now. So beautiful, beautiful things can happen, but you know, it's, it's also, it's, wow. you know, and it's like any place else. You, place. You, it is like, you know, kind of like, you know, to hammer, a, hammer the, the name of the show, but it is a community. You can introduce people and, and find good communities that, that work and fit with you that seem to be respectful communities. And then you can bring people into those, you know, if they have those same kind of, and it's nice when yeah, you have yeah, that. Just yeah. important to understand that you're, yeah, it's just important. I think to yeah. understand that you're exposed and, if if you know Matt or Camille or Michael or one of these guys tweet something, and I respond mm. something snarky, um, I I just have to remind myself, as is everyone else, that you know I I say like in the trainings I do like everything you put out you have to be comfortable yeah. reading it in the front page of the paper tomorrow. Yeah, and people be and you know teaching people to be true to themselves like if you if you're speaking in the voice that's true to you right you'll find yourself right. not running into those things mm-hmm. it's usually when someone tries to kind of step up their britches and, and gets a little mouthy that's like ugh, you don't have quite what it takes mm-hmm. you know to back that up in a way that's going to make you not look <laughs> like a complete asshole on the back end of this like yeah yeah but you can be very you know, true you to you right yeah. so you know even if somebody sends me like, you know, something about yep. something that pisses me off and I respond and I say, oh, my God, look at this like mm-hmm. culture warrior idiot or, you know, <laughs> you know and, I, and I'm purposely not giving an example because I don't yeah. want to get taken out of context in any way. Uh, but, uh, you yeah. know, <laughs> there are very authentic and real opinions that they feel very different when they're on, sure. you know, the, the mm-hmm. front page of the New York Post. Mm-hmm. Uh, attributed to you. If you enjoyed this episode, remember to rate and review us and share it with your friends. 
We are on Twitter at Fifth Community. We rely on you to make this show happen, so please be in touch. See you later.